One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. I'm really happy that you were willing to do this. Uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think I was ever going to get like a professor on one of these. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's my pleasure. I love doing stuff like this. So awesome. Have you ever done like something like this with a student before? Um, yeah, but most of it was probably done not uh, with a video conference thing. It was more probably done like through an interview with a dictaphone and then just kind of you know written out or. Some some audio, you know, basic audio recording of it. All right, all right. Well, yeah. So the the video actually doesn't get used just okay. right now, so it's yep. going to be audio only once it comes out. But um, cool. yeah. So I feel like I should just give you like a second to like introduce yourself and give like your musical background, I guess. So however far back you'd like to go. Sure. Um, uh, so my name is Mark Paquette. I was born in Schenectady, New York in 1975. And, uh, I was brought up playing piano, uh, starting at the age of four, started playing guitar around the age of 10. I actually went to college as a trumpet major, believe it or not, um, uh, as a music education major, and uh, my second year in, I wound up transferring from SUNY Potsdam to Hartwick College, which is in Oneonta, and switched my instrument major to guitar because I enjoyed playing that uh, more. So, and as I looked at it, I started thinking about the money situation, and that there was definitely more money to be had playing guitar than there was trumpet, um, and. Uh, I got a degree in music education and my guitar teacher who taught at Hartwick college was also the guitar teacher at SUNY Oneana and was retiring the year that I graduated. So when I graduated, he was like, Hey, would you like to start teaching my, some of the classes I teach at SUNY Oneana? So I went right from an undergrad of teaching or of going to, as an undergrad in music education, which I was going to be a high school teacher. That's what I wanted to do, like a band teacher. And then I started teaching college when I was 22. Wow. So, so it was pretty weird. Uh, and I was, and then I got involved and the program was really big. So a lot of guitar players up here. So my job just, you know, every year that went by for the next like three or four years got really crazy. There was tons of guitar players to work with. So I've been doing this since then. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my my background in terms of teaching. Uh, once again, I'm a guitar player mainly. I play a bunch of other instruments too. But um, And now my pet project for myself is I run a rockabilly trio called the Mopar Cams, which I write the music for. Then, you know, we probably play somewhere between 40 and 60 gigs a year. So mainly on the weekends and stuff like that and a lot in the summer. But uh yeah, I got a pretty full palette, and uh, it's nice. Um, I, it wasn't how I turned out. I thought it was going to be. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be a band teacher, like a high school band teacher, because that's what I was getting my degree in. But it just right place, right time. I don't believe in luck. I just believe in hard work, and uh, it just uh, 
Preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And it was just there. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, but when, when I decided to transfer out of Potsdam, my, my, I think it was my, my grandmother or something said, oh, there's a school called Hartwick. And I was like, Harvard? And she's like, Hartwick. I was like, I've never heard of that place ever. And they're like, it's an Oneonta. I was like, Oneonta? I don't even know. What is this place? Yeah, what's that? Huh? Yeah, I had no idea, but it was only an hour. I, you know, I was in Schenectady area. It was only like an hour and 10 minutes from my house. And I was like, Ugh. so when I went to audition at Hartwick, I had a really good audition and they gave me more or less a full ride to come. So it's mainly free. That was the reason I came here because it was like, it was free and I didn't want to pay for school anymore, you know? So, and my guitar teacher was great. He was, he was Dennis Turchak. He's, he was so great. I learned a lot. I mean, I got my degree in classical guitar. That's pretty sick that you just went like right from being like a student to like having a class. Like I can't imagine doing that. I always thought to myself when I was in Rohan's classes, like this must be so weird for him. Oh, it was totally weird because there would be students who were older than me. Like <laughs> a bunch of them, you know? So how did you, like, did you student teach at all, like, going through that program? Like, or was that, like, the first time you ever got in front of a class was when you, like, got that job? Well, no, I student taught because I uh, um, I got a degree in music ed, so I had to teach. I taught for two months as a choir teacher at Oneana High School and then two months in Sydney, New York as the band teacher. And in addition to that, I was given private guitar lessons. That's pretty sweet. So what was that like then? Like just being like a young, like right out of high school, like you go into like a class full of kids, like did kids like give you shit and stuff like for being like, a, like basically a kid yourself? Oh my God. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I, I, I was <laughs> a pretty good, I mean, I was a decent player and you know, I went through the education field, so I thought I knew how to teach. And uh, the first semester, you know, I was still playing out, too, and go, going out all the time. And I was a pretty big partier, you know. So, like, I was going out and all my students were out. You know, so it was like we were at the same, like, parties and the same bars because I was 22, <laughs> you know. Like, it was like, what? Um, That's funny. And, uh, but, you know, the teaching thing was really funny because – I, I relate it to, you know, if you're like a, if your major is like Spanish, right, um, or French, some language, right, and all of a sudden, if you, you know, you're studying French, and you study it all through here in the United States, and then all of a sudden, you go over to France, it's nothing like what you studied, right, because the <laughs> dialect is different, they're fluid, it's not like you're saying all these choppy sentences and you could be really good at it, but it's, you, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding is I always think of, yeah, you know, something if you can get in front of people and talk about it for a long time. And, uh, you know, those are what the best teachers make. And at that point, that first semester I taught was pretty brutal for me. Um, probably relatively brutal for the students <laughs> I was working with. Um, luckily, I wasn't working with any really advanced students at that point. Like, I was teaching a beginner in an intermediate guitar class, which That's wasn't that funny. bad. But now it's like, you know, you learn really quickly what to do and what not to do, uh, you know, after you embarrass yourself a few times. Um, it's a relatively humbling experience. But it took me about two years to get really comfortable doing it. That's awesome. So you've been in Oneonta then just like 
pure location for like a long time then. Yeah, 94. Wow. So 1994. Man, I can't imagine all the people that like you've seen come and go like during that time. Has anybody that you taught like ended up being like, you know, like crazy successful or anything like that? Yeah, a lot of people actually um, have done fairly well. Um, you know, the the drummer of this band called Consider the Source and that drummer for that band, uh, they're relatively big on the jam circuit. Um, uh, Jeff Mann, he's um, he's out there doing it. I mean, a lot of my students are professional players and stuff like that, too. Uh, one of my students, Chris Anderson, he he's teaching or was teaching, I think at purchase and um, he's been touring with some pretty big, uh, I can't remember the name of the band, little big something. I don't know. They, they recorded a song, Christina Aguilera, but he was, he was touring with that band that like played with her. So like a lot of these things where it's like, Oh, Ryan Quinn, he was in his band. He was on the voice. Okay. All right. And he made it really far up. Like he was actually on team. And I think that was another, that's a weird, that's a second person that I had some relation to Christina Aguilera because she he was on her team. I just saw him today. He came up, he's giving some lectures at the school here. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, some of my, you know, inter- entertainment lawyers, people that are pretty big up on the scene, like in the music industry thing is kind of cool because you can go in a bunch of different directions. Um, but uh, yeah. And I, Oh, one of my buddies lives in Zach Rossi. He's, toured with uh luke bryan as his guitar tech he's with dream theater he was with dream theater for a while and now he's doing rammstein he just flew over to europe the other day because he's torn with them Uh, yeah it's pretty crazy students like are like hey by the way i'm like uh yeah doing this thing and you're just kind of like what (laughs) so um yeah it's pretty cool and it's nice because everywhere I go in the United States, some city, if I'm traveling, I've taught thousands of guitar players because I teach not individual lessons, but these group classes. Right. So I see, you know, I've, I've taught a couple thousand guitar players. So they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you always have somebody to tell you what the good bar is or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, where I meet up with them for lunch. Like I'll go to a city and be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, are you around? Does anybody I know live in Albuquerque? And somebody will be like, yes. And I'll be like, cool. I'll see you at 2 o'clock at whatever. Let's have – I'll buy a lunch and, you know, shoot the shit and just kind of, you know, keep up. So social media, although it's kind of like an annoying thing, um, is still good for stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not a big social media guy. I'm not, I'm just not that guy, you know? I just, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have to be because I'm in a band. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I struggle with that, too. Like, like, I make music, like, for myself on the side, like, as a producer, and just, like, if I could just have somebody that does that for me, it would be yep. so much better, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, although there's some aspects of it I like music-wise, but, you know, um it is what it is. It's the flow of the time. This is where we are, you know. Um, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't be doing this for an interview. We'd be calling each sure. other on the phone and or getting in a room literally with a little stupid tape recorder. And, you know, uh, that's the way it would work. But So that makes me – that makes me – well, I guess we'll get to it. I wanted to ask, since you've been in Oneonta, like, for so long, like, what are some of, like, the crazy, like, changes that you've seen over the years, like, compared to like the past four years that I've been there, like 
I can't imagine like how much cooler the like music scene in town like must have been. <laughs> well, it was interesting. People were different. Uh, you know, when I was in school, there was live music Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There was also probably 50 bars to go to. Yeah, Oneonta had like the the, the most bars per capita in yep. the U.S. or something like that. Right? It was crazy. Some some ridiculous whatever <laughs> thing. And, you know, you would go out on the weekend and there would be 2,000 people out in the street. Like Jeez. you couldn't just bump into everybody. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Everybody went to parties from like – seven to like a 10 and then everybody went out to go see live music or dance or whatever, you know, but there was shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and guess the cover charge was still five, five bucks, which it is today. And this was in 1996, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was expensive back then. Yeah. But people didn't care. You know, they were just, that's what they spent their money on because, you know, you think about it, the, there wasn't this, Nobody was online. It was there was no internet. Like you wanted music, you went and saw it. You wouldn't download it on your computer. It wasn't there. So did like I know just like from the past that I've been there at least, like most of the live music outside of a select few places is now like enjoyed in mostly house venues. So is it like that back then too, or since there were like so many bars, like there was so many places to gig? Uh, it was both, but there was it was mainly downtown. Um, you know, p- bands would there would be house parties, but back then we were also, I don't know, say a little bit more intelligent about it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> people would have these big basement shows, but they would be like seven to nine. Yeah, you know, and um. And you got paid for them. It was great, you know. And uh, and then you went out and played another gig later, you know. And it was – but we all – there was all kinds of different stuff going on too. There was tons of open mics. There was jazz things. There was blues jams. There was tons of different kind of music. Um, they used a place called the General Clinton Pub, which is where the B-side is now. And that place was – they had an open – Mike for like bands on Tuesday and it was always a line out the door to get in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. There was uh, so many student bands. Uh, t- so many back in the early two thousands. It was crazy. How many, I mean, I think the music industry program here had almost 800 majors. Yeah. I feel like early two thousands was probably like a interesting time when like, I mean, the industry itself like exploded during that time because of like yeah. LimeWire and you know digital yeah, music Lime in general. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that so, thing crashed my computer like nine times. You know, oh like, my god the the amount of the amount of home Dell desktops that me and my sister destroyed. Like, <laughs> yep. Oh man, it's it's a classic. I heard they're bringing it back though. Actually, like as a legitimate like thing i i can't i don't know if they're gonna be like a pro or something like that but that's interesting yeah somebody bought it pretty <laughs> recently and for like a lot more than i you'd think like in a legal website would be worth but yeah they're they're turning it into something else and i i can't remember what it was but I, when i saw it i was like oh wow that's actually that's actually pretty cool i guess we're gonna start using limewire again <laughs> That's funny. They should put it on a, as a link to MySpace or something, and then you can have your theme song on there. <laughs> <It's> like, 
Yeah, the the new the new joke is that everybody's moving back to MySpace because Elon Musk bought Twitter. So yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> I'd go back. <laughs> I don't even. I still I don't even know how I feel about that. Still, it's funny. It is what it I is. Know. Like I said, you look back on things sometimes, and you're like, "What? What were we doing?" You know, like, <laughs> uh, and I just think that way about everything. Like, I just even stuff from like. A year ago, I look at it and I go, what the hell was I doing? Like, what were we all doing? We, we actually listened to this crap? You know, I'm like, that's <laughs> so funny. That's the best way to live, though. You know, like, if you can't go through life and, like, look back, you know, like, if you looked at your a picture of yourself in middle school, you know, you're going to be like, oh, man. like, I Oh, I had a mullet, man. Yeah, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Like, it, I, been... it was cool back then. I was like, <laughs> my, my freshman year picture from high school is I had a giant mullet. It was so bad. But it was like every fifth picture of like a dude on there had a mullet. And not only guys, <laughs> but girls had them too. Was, I mean, everybody had mullets. Mullets started coming back. They did in mustaches. Yeah. And then people like, I, I walk on the track up in Alumni and there's like two dudes on the track team up there that have mullets and mustaches. <laughs> and I'm like walking by them. I was like, it's like it looks like a really bad 1970s porn up there, and I'm like, not <laughs> <laughs> just completely like, what is what what? <laughs> Smelling your coffee real quick, make sure it's the right one. Yeah, exactly. Where am I? It's, it's so bizarre, um, but you know that's life. Once again, we we fads come in and out, and um, you know it's the lasting ones. Uh, There'll always be a little niche for it to be popular, you know? Definitely. So what are some of the other, like, maybe more academically speaking now, like, that have changed, like, over the, you know, the last 10 years at Oneonta or so? Well, I think, you know, the big thing is the rise of the Internet um, and in terms of academics and how we treat them. If you think about it, like, once again, when I was in school – or even when I first started teaching um, and you wanted to do some research on, you know, on Miles Davis, right? Jazz artist, Miles Davis. What you would probably do is go buy some CDs or take them out from the library and listen to them, you know, and then you would buy his autobiography and then you would get a dictionary. You know, at that point, I think there was some, there was a Britannica encyclopedia Britannica was online. You know, it was online was so minimal back then, you know, um, the internet, but you could go on and find out some basic information, but you know, you read books and stuff. And, and when you taught, you taught a lot of content. So, we don't have to do that as much anymore, right? So if I have, like, content to teach, it's not necessarily like, okay, which is the cool thing about the internet. So if I just took something out of music uh, just for the sake of being – is this podcast basically is, is about music? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll keep it in music then. So, you know, here's the thing is if I, if I was like, uh, oh, hey, by the way, um, here's a major scale. Right. And here's how to play it. Um, and then I say, well, there's all these other various patterns and stuff. I can be like, OK, well, there's these other 17 ways. Here's where I put them online. Here's the website for them, uh, a link to my page or whatever. And you can go look at it. And practice that. But 
which is awesome because it saves for me from sitting there and showing people. I also record videos, which, you know, you studied so you could watch the videos and be like, oh, that's how I play it. If I had to do all of that in real time. Take forever. It does. Now, there's a good thing and a bad thing about it. You learn better when somebody's sitting there with you doing it in real time. So if you're a kind of a learner who's somewhat lackadaisical and doesn't really um, do well unless somebody's pushing you, this methodology does not work well. If you're a go-getter, it can work extremely well because you're like, okay, I have all the resources. Now I just need to go to the instructor to show the application, not the content. So the way I look at it now is it used to be equal parts kind of content and application. And now it's a lot of, I can go straight to the application of it. Once you get past like a beginner level, because yeah. and it makes it a lot easier. That's actually really interesting. I kind of never thought about it like that. Because the content's there, you know, here's the thing about it. And you can relate it to anything. People these days, and especially once again, the younger generation, and it's not of, of their fault, and I'm not blaming it, are bad spellers. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. You know, and the reason being is because, uh, you know, it hasn't been forced upon and or made a priority to spell a word properly because they have a computer. You know, you're not writing hand things these days and handing it to somebody. It's all being done through a computerized system in which you have a spell checker and a grammar checker. Very true. You know, so, you know, um, the spelling these days is it doesn't matter as much because who cares? Like, you know, you could just look <laughs> on the computer. That, that once again, content. But, you know, do you know, it's not the difference of your spelling there, there, or there correctly. It's do you actually know the difference between there, there, and there is the thing we want to get to. Yeah, I feel, like little things, I feel like little things like that, like – we can already see them like being lost, but I can't imagine like 50 years down the road, like, is that going to just like not be a thing anymore? You know, like, is the English language going to like evolve to this point where it almost gets like dumbed down where like you use the same spelling for words like there and your like across every like, yeah, you know? Right. A noun for magic we'll like wherever you grunting going. noises everything's just going in full we've 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 reached our max capacity it's just going back to uh caveman days you know like uh <laughs> we'll stop talking and just like hold up our screens with like things typed on it like we'll just... it's, all, it's already starting man it's already started it's so yeah weird. things are completely different now because everything can be controlled through sitting on your couch. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's weird. And it's... That's <laughs> the perfect way to say it. Yeah, and my son, who's nine, he doesn't know a life without this. Yeah. You know, he when he was... Obviously, when he's up to four or five years old, he wasn't using that stuff because he's a four-year-old, doesn't you know. But still, he doesn't understand... It's just like a, a, a thing in general is like I collect vintage arcade stuff. So I have like a Pac-Man machine and a Donkey Kong awesome. machine in my living room, you know, and he's like, why do you play that Pac-Man all the time? Well, he's playing like Madden 22 and it looks like a football. <laughs> game. 
And like, I'll show them. I'm like, this is the football game I played from 1981 on Atari. And it, they don't even look like fucking football players. They're like squares, you know? And it's like blinking and making a noise. And he's like, how did you even have fun? I was like, there was nothing else. This was, this was, this was the, the this was this huge. Was Man, that game was like $30 in 1981. <laughs> like, it's like bizarre. But, you know, you just, once again, with the times, if you don't know, and it's ignorance not being ignorant, it's ignorance not knowing what's going to happen in the future. And it's not. What we do now and what we're doing now is going to seem barbaric in 20 years. This conversation is going to seem barbaric. <laughs> the way we're doing it. Yeah, you're you're right. You're you're definitely right. It's so weird to think about though, because like, like for me at least, like I was born in '99, so I was like just a baby when like home computers became like in everybody's house. You know, like I think we probably got like our first one when I was like you know a young kid, and then like after that, like. Things were still relatively low on the technology in everyday life. iPhones weren't a thing, you know. Like, yeah, you weren't watching people play video games on YouTube in two thousand four. No, no, I and and that that was honestly like an interesting industry to watch, like become a thing, like as a kid that grew Huge. up like, during it. Yeah, I mean, it really is like insane how much money is in like. How much money is in it? And it, it it has a lot of parallels, like to the music industry and just like entertainment in general. So it's entertainment. My son watched a video yesterday on Cookie Clicker, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? I didn't I didn't really know much about it. Do you know anything about Cookie Clicker? It was this game that was like super popular when I was in like middle school, and yeah. like it's literally just a screen, and it, it just counts how many times you click it. So it was like who could get to you know like. Who could have the highest number, basically? So, so my son the other day was playing NBA. It was crazy. This, he was doing three things at the same time when I came home from work. He was Everybody's going to have ADD in 20 years. So dude, gonna, he was playing, he was playing uh, NBA. He loves these sports games, right? Uh, so he's playing NBA 2K22, right? He's playing that on his PS4. And then he's got two other screens set up. One... He's playing cookie clicker on with one finger and the other, he's watching somebody play cookie clicker and he's yeah. doing all these at the same time. And I walk in, I was like, you know, the dog's like whatever, chewing the house apart. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in here? He's like, I'm playing NBA. I was like, no, you're playing cookie clicker. He's like, I don't need to look at it and play that. I was like, why are you playing it then? Why are you watching somebody else play it? He's like, it's fun. I was like, what is fun about this? The dog is like <laughs> eating my stuff. You know, <laughs> It's the YouTube culture, you know. It's, it's it's just really funny. I was just like, I don't know. It was just one of the most bizarre moments of the past few weeks, where I was just like, I think about all this stuff frequently, you know, just being as an educator and just kind of looking at the way people learn and the way attention spans are with the you know, everything's so fast now. If somebody doesn't have something at the click, and I'm not, I don't like to make generalizations. I don't think it's a good thing to do and put people in categories, but we definitely have to say, like, if I'm on my phone, right, and it's taking, a, like, a, you know, 30 seconds to load, like, I get slightly irritated. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what's gets, up, man? Like, that time like, it's not frame, working. Yeah, it gets shorter and shorter and shorter, you know, like, as everything has, like, gotten better and better, like, when things, like, 
like to 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 use the gaming stuff as an example like when i when i got my first like gaming console it was a ps2 and it was probably like 2005 oh yeah like when you put your game in you had to you, you know like there were so many like loading screens that yep. you went through before you were actually like playing the game and now it's like you turn on your xbox you click on the game and it opens right up to exactly where you were like when you closed it the last time in like yeah. an instant. So yeah. if you're like waiting for something to download, you're like, what, what's going on right now? Like, it's like, but like, I recognize that as being like a bad, like, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a bad thing like that. Oh like, yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. You know, like I feel crazy after I'm like annoyed at something like that, you know, I'm like, well, let's, let's take it easy, Timbo. Yeah, Timbo. That's all. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it, it, it's very, it's very funny. I like. I said, I'll be, I'll be like, you know, going through the rabbit hole of like weird music videos from like the early '80s or something. Um, uh, and you know, I'll be clicking on them or whatever. And you know, it's like two in the morning. You're trying to go to bed. And you're like, oh, I just gotta watch another one of these stupid videos of like, you know, Mr. T dancing with Madonna. You know, at some ceremony. <laughs> You know, and you'll click on it and it's like not loading and you'll get mad about it. And I'm like, I'm actually, it's two in the morning and I'm getting upset that I can't watch this Mr. T Madonna video right now. <laughs> like, I've got work at six. I should have been better. I should have been asleep four hours ago. <laughs> it's so weird. And you just step back and you're like, what is up with humanity? What is going on? You know, um, you know, and then once again, not to bring you know, sad political things into it. But then, you know, you look at, you know, what's going on, you know, with Russia and stuff like that and Ukraine. And you're like, I'm complaining about not watching this Mr. T video while other people don't have a house. And that even happens in the U.S., you know. I mean, it, it, there's the poverty and uh, obviously homelessness and stuff. But we're, you know, I, I do wake up every day and I go, I am fucking lucky. I am so lucky that I play guitar all day. I'm so lucky that I have a phone that I can watch my Mr. T videos on. Um, you know, it's I ordered. True, it's true. I woke up like you know yesterday at dinner, even something like, "Hey, what do you want?" Stop talking to my son. What do you want for dinner? I want pizza. Cool. Call up. It's at the house in 45 minutes. Like a lot of people can't do that. Yeah, you know, I can do that. I can do it. I, I I don't have an issue with it. Like, I'm not worried about where I'm going to get my food tomorrow. You know what I'm worried about to, right now? If I'm going to get a nap before I can go see the Oneana Funk Band tonight. Like, that's my concern. Because I'm yeah, tired. Concern. I'm a tired man. And I need to go to Funk Band. And like, I'm like, I'm tired. And like, other people are like, shut the fuck up, man. You know, And I get it. You know, we get so used to this crazy life and you just kind of get in your own little bubble and it's the same thing musically you could tie this into anything you know yeah it's definitely you know it's definitely something that's on my mind quite often is you know the way everything is going and it is really interesting you know not to bring politics into it but the way things like politics and you know, civil rights and like, you know, all these like really big like issues that actually affect our lives are being like in some ways manipulated by this like culture of online, you know, media that's emerged. So, oh, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. 
Everybody, you know, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I fall play to it too. You know, I'm easily, absolutely. I easily fall play into it and be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll go on this rant or something online about, you know, and like, Jesus, like just everybody leave everybody alone. Yeah. If only, you know, if it's, it's such a simple concept yet, you know, nobody seems to really be able to do that. No, they can't. They have to, they have to meddle. They have to get their fingers on other people's food, you know, like, Stop. Just go go do live your own life. You know, I always look at it life with this. Is what I'm doing negatively affecting your life in re- for real? Because if it's not, go away. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying you don't need to pay attention to me. There's a bunch of other people out there that you can go bother. Exactly. And I feel like that's me. like that's like a piece of like I feel like even without the internet, like that would happen, you know, in life. But Things like that, like people not minding their own business has been like so vastly exacerbated by social media and like the explosion of the Internet to where like now people genuinely believe that like other people's business is their business. You know, like it's yeah. like people are in this weird, you know, living in this weird place, man. I, I don't even know how to describe it. it stresses me out. <laughs> Well, they do the same thing with music, like my music's better or this music isn't good. And it's like, you know, there are bands I don't like. I hate the Eagles. I hate them. If I could never hear the Eagles again, I'd be really happy. But if a student <laughs> comes in and goes, hey, I like the Eagles, I may poke, you know, poke fun at it being like, I hate the Eagles. But, you know, there's redeeming qualities to their music. And if they want to study it, I can show them why the Eagles sound like the Eagles and whatever. And I'm not going to be like, you shouldn't learn the Eagles because the Eagles suck, you know, but there's like, this stuff is going on all over the place. Music is not a competition. It's a creative process in which do you like what this person has created? Okay. You don't, well, don't listen to it and don't talk about, who cares? Like it's not the fact that the Eagles are out there does not affect my life. Exactly. And I feel like that's like, that's like exa- that's like the epitome of like the problem is that people are like just just the fact that people have access so much access to content that they dislike. Yeah, it like promotes the the want for those types of people to like make negative comments instead of just being like, okay, I'm not gonna consume this content because I don't like it. I'm gonna consume this content because I do like it. Instead, it's like people like. I feel like it's going in the direction that people are almost getting drawn to watching content that they dislike instead of watching content that they do like, because now they're like confusing posting some rant on something that they don't like as enjoyment. And yes, that's like no, exactly. messing everything up. But once again, I fall play to it from time to time as well. Yeah, Dev, I mean, I'm certainly on the internet, you know, we're doing this right now. I'm a huge consumer of tons of different types of, you know, media and content. I, you know, I, I play Xbox while I watch somebody play Xbox while I watch a movie too, you know, like I'm guilty. (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting world. It is certainly. So something else I wanted to ask about is uh, like your experience as a professor through the whole COVID ordeal. I feel like I've heard a lot about like the student perspective, like being one myself, obviously. So I'm curious, like if it like sucked any more or less for the professors, you know? Oh man, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't separate myself from the students. Uh, I, and I, I mean, I will because of the job, 
thing, but you know, the way I have always <laughs> kind of looked at it is um, before I hit the COVID thing is that, you know, I, I'm no more important than the student. I just happen to be well-versed in the art of playing guitar and music. And, you know, everybody I hang out with or teach or whatever work with, they're much, they're well-versed in other things that I'm not well-versed in. So I'm sure I could learn from them too. So, you know, I, I, I think about it as an equal, equal uh, you know, an equal thing student and teacher is not a, a different thing for me, but it, in terms of leading the teaching during the COVID pandemic, it was fucking terrible. Uh, and it was terrible mainly because, um, just the, hard to get people to like interact online. Yeah. Number one, you know, there's many things trying to get people to interact. Number two, everybody was freaking out, uh, you know, because everybody was, you know, thinking they're going to die and like get sick and they don't want to get, you know, um, which people did, you know, uh, yeah. thought. Um, and also the lag, you know, you talk about music. It, there's so much lag with the audio. So it was impossible. Like my group guitar classes, that's why I made all these videos. Cause it was like, it's impossible. All I could do is basically lecture, you know, in, in, in person, we would all sit there and we'd play along with something. I can't do that online because of the lag. And I just hear 50 million guitars coming. So it was like, okay, here's me playing the thing. Now here's a video of me playing the thing. Have a good day. You know? So, you know, I don't think anybody, and at one point, and you have to admit during the fir- at least the first semester, if not the second semester, we were just there to say we were there. Like w- there was not a lot of learning going on. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Some professors, were able to like hold it together. Yeah. But a lot but, of us were just trying to get through to the end of it. Like, yeah. and I never want to, I always tell musicians too, you should never want music to be over. You should always be weird when you're playing. You should never think, you should never want to get to the end of the song. Cause if you get to the end of the song, you're not playing it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, and it's I always fun. felt it's that supposed way. to be fun. Not like, and this was not fun. I did not have fun. I found myself yelling into my computer screen all day. I had a constant sore throat. Um, you know, I, it was a nightmare for me uh, teaching. It was such a strange, like, combination of, like, environment that, like, produced this very niche type of fatigue that I feel like everybody was experiencing. And, like, being a student, at least, like, in classes, and like, definitely, I can't like I. I'm surprised that it was even possible to continue with like the applied classes, like the the lessons and things like that. Yeah, I'm surprised that that was even cap- like possible to do. But just like in regular classes too, like academic based classes, like kids would just not say anything or like not nobody would participate. Like it would just be like a Zoom meeting full of 30 kids but anytime the professor asked for like you know uh, a question to be answered or just like any time like are you still there like just say you know make a noise at all like and just like nobody would do anything yeah. and i would be like you know like I, you know i would feel bad and i would be like damn you know like they're like suffering through this the same as us like just you know do something at least so i was always the kid that was like oh yeah like we can see the slides you know 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of lucky because the bulk of my content, the bulk of my teaching, two thirds of it is one on one. So it was like us now, you know what I mean? So I could sit there and be personable with an individual. Right. And that was good. It was actually, believe it or not, there was a lot of good. I think it was more half teaching and half therapy sessions for both of the student and the faculty or me, you know, like, and I learned a lot about people because we, we just talked about our lives, you know, it was, a, you know, I would say half of all those lessons for about a year were like, how do you feel today? You know, I bet you those kids that went through those sessions with you, though, I bet you those kids are still like playing, still picking up the guitar and still doing it because, you know, like there's just there's a certain level of like personability that I feel like a professor needs to have. Otherwise, it's like, you know, screw this guy. Like he doesn't. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I try to be personable to all my students. You know, I, I, it's, why not? I mean, this is what I do. This is what I'm and music is just another form of communication. So, you know, it, it's just another way to talk. It's another way to get a point across. So I always tell my students, I was like, you know, if you're going to be want to be a good musician or a good player, you have to be able to just be able to actually just sit there and talk to somebody that you don't even really know uh, for like an hour. Like I'll go out to a show or something and uh, I'll just sit at the bar and whoever is next to me, I'll just talk to them. And I don't care who it is. I'll be like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, half the people are like, why are you talking to me? I was like, well, I don't know. You're sitting there. Why? Why wouldn't I be? And they, you know, half the time they tell me to leave them alone, and the other, the other half the time I wind up making a friend. You know? Yeah. Me, me, and my best friend from home, like always, like growing up, just going through, you know, our teenage shenanigans and whatnot. Like we would always end up like talking to strangers, like everywhere we went, and, like making some kind of friend that got us to some kind of. VIP something or just like some kind of crazy situation that we'd get ourselves into from like just making friends with random people sure. and like all of our other friends would always like make fun of us for it like it was like a bad thing but we were like ha always having a good time and then once I realized that I wanted to like get into the, the industry and you know pursue this degree and whatnot I realized like how valuable the skill that actually is uh, to just like be able to sit down with somebody and like talk to them about literally nothing you know oh it's huge because the other thing is too is that's one thing the pandemic um took away took away is that people's ability to communicate you know that's one thing technology has done they've done it with music too and just speaking about music in general so much stuff is released online now and not played live i have a lot of guitar students who take guitar and this was different than 10 years ago because people would, you know, take lessons 10 years ago because they want to go play live. I have a half of my studio, my guitar studio right now. I'm like, you know, so when you go play this live, they're like, oh, I'm not going out and playing this live. I'm going to record it. And I was like, you don't want to play live at all? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so it's a different kind of teaching because, like, this person's not going to get up in front of people. They're, and there's nothing wrong with it once again. It's just different. That's really know? interesting. That's really interesting. I really hadn't. It's like so like obvious if you think about it, but that I never well, yeah, we don't think that. about it until I sit there and ask the question and I go, you know, and nobody releases the albums anymore. It's like, release an album. Now it's like a song. Here's a song, like, where's all the other songs? Nobody this drops an album until they get signed. Like, you know, and there's no once again, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but you know, uh, um God, I write like an album a year, you know, and, and it's just 
I just so used to it because that's what we did, you know. I, I would never think about releasing one song. That's just weird to me. But it's because I'm fucking 46 and I'm just used to like, I'm going to buy the album. The album comes out and I'll listen to the, I listen to the album as a thing. You know, the, for me, I listen to three albums a day and I only listen to vinyl LPs at my house. And I have a couple thousand, uh, you know. Uh, so I just, I pick three albums a day and I listen to them straight through, depending on what I'm doing. That's and awesome. yeah, I don't listen to individual songs ever. It's That's a good album. way. That's like a great way to consume, be consuming music. Like, I feel like it's at this point unavoidable for me to like try to do that. It, like it's just like cut out listening to singles and stuff like that. Oh, like yeah. I just like wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do it at this point, but no. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I, I like listening to albums because all those songs were based probably written at the same time. Yeah. So that what the band is kind of doing and their sense of how things kind of get put together, make, make a difference to me. The flow of an album is really important. Um, and you know, going from one song to the next, and sometimes some albums that you do listen, you're like, "Oh man, the next song is this," and it comes on, and you're like all excited for it, you know. Uh, whereas if you just put your thing on random, you don't know what's going to come on next, which is also very cool. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I, I, I like the old way of album stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not the kind of person that's ever going to be like, "Well, those." millennials they don't know what they're doing their attention spins blah 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 it's not the fault and it's just a change of times you know i i it's completely the change of times with a lot of things yeah definitely. People go, oh back in the day you know in 1960 when i was whatever i was like oh yeah you mean like when people like that weren't white couldn't vote <laughs> oh, you know literally but <laughs> or like yeah, exactly. You can't go on the bus. Oh, that's okay. my favorite thing. Even like outside of music, when when just when any like old timer of any sort says that about anything, I'm like, oh yeah, like when it was so good back in the fifties when you know yeah like, when there were Nazis, right? Like <laughs> Jesus, it's when hysterical. It's hysterical the way people's minds just become stagnant at some point. You know, like nineteen seventy. 1970, how long ago was 19, I was born 75, I'm 46, right? 50 years ago, 50 years ago is not long. No. We were in Vietnam. Yeah. We were in Vietnam. People were getting drafted and blown up 50 fucking years ago without the choice. It's crazy to think about. Crazy. You know, uh, I, I can't even, it's dumbfounding to me. So yeah, when, when I get really aggravated when older people or people my age, my friends and stuff go, you know, these fucking kids these days, it's like, you know, these kids these days are subjected to a lot of other things that we weren't subjected to, you know, um, and it's just a different way of life. And it's something we're just not used to because a lot of us and me to some degree on something weren't, weren't accepting of the new way. You know, you kind of go, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm just going to do it this way because I don't want to do it this newfangled way. Cause that way's stupid, you know, and everybody else is doing it that way. You know, it's like Bitcoin or something like I'm not going to get involved in it. I try to understand it. I go in and I go, but none of it's real, you know? And then there's, what are those, uh, those little images? NFTs. Yeah. So it's like that thing, right? Like I just, I spent about half a day going through it going. <laughs> so wait a minute. 
That's worth like four million dollars. That picture of that monkey. Like, wait a minute. Okay, and that wait. Uh, there's people starving over there. Uh, you know, like, like yeah, I just, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced on the NFT thing yet. I'm not convinced. It's so weird, but because, I understand that it's. Uh, I understand that it's a new thing. I just think it's insane because it's not real. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel you that. can't touch it. And most of the people who are like making big bucks from this stuff, like, are people who like are already like influencers, you know? So it's all like, it's to me, it seems like a huge, just like insider trading scam. Like, you know, like, you know, which like when somebody makes one, you know, they let all the popular influencers know we're all going to buy this one. And then, you know, the price goes to a bazillion dollars and then, you know, definitely some normal people make their way in there and, like, reap the benefits of it. But, like, really it's designed to make the people who are already, like, you know, ri- who, the people who are promoting the stuff are really the ones getting rich from it. Oh, yeah. No, the whole thing is a scam. It's all a scam. Everything's a scam. It's some kind of weird – it's some weird thing where – yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday, too, about gold. You know, like, gold isn't worth – Everything's made up anyway. I say this all That's the time. That's what I'm saying. It's not real. It's Nobody, just saying money, it's worth something. Money would not stop the space program from like being developed. You know, money would does not money does not make iron and you know materials disappear or exist. Like you everything that the human race has ever done, we could have done without money. So it's all yeah, yeah, like, exactly. the system is all made up anyway. You know, like things don't cost anything. You know, like, things cost the the labor that it takes to create them, you know, like yep. and the, 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 the people behind what makes things work is the only thing that like is truly valuable. Like money is 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 a complete sham of a concept, in my opinion. That's ridiculous, man. You know, I don't I don't play music for money either. I play music. You know, I play gigs to get my music out to people so they might they'll enjoy it. And then I use that money I get from my gigs to put into recording and then pressing LPs. That's the way it should be. So I could sell those to get them to people. So that I can take some time off of work, so I can play a gig, so I can write another song to play another album. So it's not like I don't make money off of my playing. Anything I make off my playing, I put it directly back into the band. Uh, I don't buy groceries with my gig money. That's why I teach. You know, like I'm like I I just as soon as I don't mind teaching being the job. I, I don't want me playing my my original stuff being a job. Ever, I always want it to be fun, and it's and it's pride, you know, you know, my own thing. So I try not to really make it a source of my income. Definitely, that's that's you know, super respectable path, you know. As is, you know, somebody who makes music solely for money, I, you know. No, it's you're it. both fine. It's just that me personally, I I was lucky enough to be able to kind of like teach and make good money teaching and play and teaching guitar. So I'm playing guitar all day still and having fun, but I'm not teaching my original stuff. It has to do with original content, like the stuff that I create. 
Um, yeah, I would love to get money for it, but I, I realize that um, the stuff that I write and play probably won't ever, it's not going to ever be, it's not like pop music or something where like millions of people are going to be buying all of it, but they're yeah. not going to. I know it. Um, just because... <laughs> because the world tells them not to, you know, because whatever the media sources control, you know, the music of what people listen to is controlled by the media. Absolutely. They go, Hey, you're going to like this. Britney Spears is great. You're going to love it. Here you go. I'm going to shove it so far up your ass. You can't get it out of your head. Even if it's good or bad, nothing against Britney Spears. That's just the way it is. You know, they put it they plaster it everywhere. So then you're like, Oh my God, have you heard the new Britney Spears album? Yes. Because it was shoved in my fucking ass. Uh, and yes, I heard it. And I know those tunes when they come out because I, not because I want to, it's just there. And it, once again, it's not a bad thing. I'm not against it. It's just whoever they decide, the powers that be decide that this band is going to be the next big one. There are, of course, a lot of bands that work their way up and because they're great players or whatever. And don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking any of these bands that do make it because they're also talented, obviously, but so much of this crazy world controls those things. And if you're lucky enough, and even though, once again, I don't believe in luck, right place, right time, enough money, rich parents, good connections, yeah, whatever, all these things, obviously, can get you in the foot in the door to those things. For good sure. For good for you, you know, like, yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, the, no one way is better than the other, but it is it is interesting, you know, the 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 I don't know the spread, I guess the you know the the spread of artists that's out there and like you know, oh yeah and everything. It's it used to be years ago was a little bit more fair, you know, like I think in terms of like going into a record company or something and people would try things out a little bit more. Now it's all just made, you know, it was like real talent, you know, like you actually had to be good well, at yeah, whatever people you were going doing. and be like, Hey, that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll try to, you know, Sony or Columbia would be like, Oh, well, we'll give your band a shot. Yeah. But they don't do that anymore. They're just like, Oh, wait a minute. How many likes do you have on that? Nah, 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 nah. Or they preform the band. Yeah. Like, oh, we think this person, this person, this person, we'll make it, we'll market it, we'll write the songs, you just go and you have the talent, you sing it and record it, play it live, but and you're the image of it, but these other people are writing the songs, you know. Um, it's an interesting thing. Once again, I'm not pro or against it, it's just different. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Yep. Um, sorry to like stifle such a great conversation, but I have a meeting with Dr. Nepke at three. That oh, I that's okay. I got to go. Anyway. I got to go walk my dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll have much more fun doing that. <laughs> oh, no, this is great. Actually, Tim, I really enjoyed uh, talking with you on, on this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's good. I wish you the best uh, of uh, hard work and I'm, you're a hard worker. I'm sure you'll, you'll have a bright future ahead of you. I appreciate that. I really do. And yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, I kind of had this idea for a while. You know, you're definitely one of those professors that had that piece of, you know, personable, you know, ness to them that really made like the class enjoyable. And, you know, like I wanted to learn to play the guitar, like so that I could come to class and be like, hey, look, I, you know, I'm yeah. doing it. So, awesome, man. You know, thank you for that. Thank you really for it. Yeah. Thank you for being you and, you know, being a cool professor and all that. I think you're a dime. You're, 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 
Is it the right expression to say a dime a dozen? Does that mean that? Well, no, that that means there'd be a ton of us. Yeah. So the the opposite of a dime a dozen, you are a two pence piece and uh, yeah, one of yeah, <laughs> diamond in the rough of the a diamond in the system. rough. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Very few educators I have encountered in my life that I would ever you know want to do something like this with. So no, oh, thanks. That means that. a lot to me. I appreciate, uh, you know, you being here and everything. And if you want to, like, shout out the band's Instagram or anything that you want. Oh, yeah, check out, check the, out. Mo- the Mopar cams. That's my rockabilly band. It's just the uh, Mopar, M-O-P-A-R, cams, C-A-M-S, one word, the Mopar cams, uh, uh, dot com. You can just go there, and that's got uh, everything. Or you can search us on Instagram or Facebook, Facebook. Uh, uh, well, that's just one word. The Mopar Camps. Check it out. Uh, we're on all streaming sites too, iTunes and Apple. All you know, Spotify. Awesome. All right, man. Be good. Thank you so much. Hi, right, Tim. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to WJMS Media. Your media is reimagined. You can find us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com and subscribe to our newsletter so you can be up to date on everything.